Hello, everybody. Welcome back to A Higher Future Podcast. I am UB Simignetti, head interview IA, and I'm joined by, as always, Dr. Nicole Gravagna. Hi. Hi, UB. Who do we have with us today? So today we're, we're digging into um, more of a traditional industry, uh, the legal industry, with Dan Downs, who is the vice president of HR for McCall and Johannes LLC, a law firm. Uh, hey, Dan. How are you? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, Dan's, Dan's checking in from Tennessee. Um, so, so yeah, let's let's talk about this kind of old, stodgy, traditional industry. You know, the legal industry. How did you How did you get there? And and what's the experience been like as as HR? Great question. Well, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version, but you know, it's uh, I was looking to make a change in my own career personally, and uh, interesting being in HR, this is not how you find a job via Indeed, at least I didn't think you did, and yet I did, and uh, this the law firm, McCall Johannes, had a an advertisement for this role, and in basic vernacular, it said, our culture really sucks. Would you please come change it? <laughs> and uh, it was about that blunt from the CEO. And I thought if someone's willing to be that blunt and honest about where things are, I need to at least check that out. So yeah. that's what got my attention. Sounds like a, it's almost sounds like a reality show or it could be, <laughs> you know, our culture really sucks. Do you take the challenge? <laughs> right. Yeah. It, We've had a little bit of gamesmanship throughout the process, but yes, it, it was it was a challenge. And um, you know, the the law firm that I work for is about sixty years old. It's a family business. Uh, Grandpa still works at the firm wow. as, and he's he's ninety one, and uh, so he founded the firm. is still there. His son is there, and then his grandson um, is the CEO that I now work for, and. The because it was a law firm when I first came on board, there was still um, ties being worn and you know coats by a number of the attorneys and some of the administrative staff uh, still dressed quite nicely as well. So nothing wrong with that, but that does tell you a little bit of the thinking. There was and when it when we finally broke into uh, casual Fridays, it was a pretty big deal just to have casual Fridays. Right. Uh, so that's a little bit of the DNA when I walked in the door. So the, the grandson, so was there, um, was there tension, kind of that generational tension between the grandson and the grandfather? Does that, did that exist at that time? Does it still exist? And was there pushback? You know, um, there was, and probably even as much between the the son and the grandson because the son was probably a little bit more uh, upfront, but so there was certainly that generational difference in, in some thinking of how things would, would move forward. Um, And that, that relationship really has grown a lot over the last, even since I've been, been here about three years, but there was definitely a um, kind of a a pushing against the goad, so to speak. We got to make some changes here and it, um, the C- our CEO had to be pretty passionate and and wise about it, beginning to drive that change. Right. Right. 
Yeah, we, we learned in a, a past podcast episode that the differences between the generations really change your perspective. And it, it is um, quite distinct from generation to generation. The, so it, does it, it sounds to me like you have the traditionalist generation is maybe the grandfather, the founder, the, a boomer, which is yep. the, the father, and then the grandson, which is maybe Gen X. Millennial, actually. Millennial. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you've got a wide variety of perspectives. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Gen X, I guess, is a little narrower. I don't know, but yeah. that's yeah. great. What a, what an interesting thing to step into that that you have brought your experience into, and and you brought in, industry experience from various industries. So you've been you've spent time in mortgage industry, logistics, uh, now legal, healthcare, and retail. So you've seen so many different ways of running business and running industries. Uh, what stands out for you in terms of those differences? And now that you have the specific challenges of legal, how, how is what does that look like from where you sit with all that background industry knowledge? Yeah, I do have varied background and varied industries that I've that I've been a part of. It's been a circuitous route, but all of that really coalesced as well to just understanding people better and and what what helps drive us um you know from a and it was many years ago for some of these industries but you know from a mortgage industry perspective you know um the skills that would bring someone on board in that kind of environment especially um early on was you know that entrepreneur spirit so to speak not completely but you've got to be self-directed and self-motivated because most of the time in that industry from a at least from a worker bees perspective, a, a loan officer or a mortgage producer, it's it's all on you. So kind of that sales personality and skills and the ability to listen, um, to really be successful in that arena. Um, you know, from a logistics standpoint, obviously it, it, the skill and ability to be able to think process, think system, um, it's not about, you know, the mortgage originator who has to have sales and relationship skills per se, um, but that logistics person has got to be able to think process and begin with the end in mind, so to speak, from a process perspective. Um, you know, the my time in, in uh, healthcare, you know, it, there's a, a strong knowledge or at least entrance. You've got to have that degree and certainly you've got to have the, the uh, skill and expertise as a, as a physical therapist or a nurse or a nurse practitioner, um, whatever you may have there, but you've got to have those skills to get you in the door. Um, but what is common across all of those industries and what I've said a, a thousand times that skills get you here, character keeps you here or character gets you there in terms of growth and promotion and um, skills open the door, the resume opens the door, the acumen opens the door, but really what makes the difference and separates it really is that that character the eq those human skills that really separate now and from a legal perspective you know it's certainly a um, structured environment in order to get in the door um, you with your degree but again what i have found in my experience just even in these three years 
what continues to separate are those human skills. What, what really provides the ability for someone to impact is not just knowing state laws and federal laws and regulations from our clients, vital, but that's not the separator. What is the separator is those who um, are able to think more widely. And from an inclusive standpoint, from a diversity standpoint, from a trust standpoint, from a development, from a self-awareness, all those things make the difference. I've spent a little time working in the warehousing and logistics industry, and it was striking to me how different that is from healthcare, which I've also done done some work in. And it's interesting that in that the entry level roles in logistics and, and warehousing don't have any education requirement. And so it really does open the door for people who have those people skills, have the ability to get along, have the ability to learn on the job, to move up very quickly and, and have a career that can um, span the entire range of the company. Whereas in other industries, there is that barrier. And it, so it, it begs the question, we talk a lot about what we call pathways in terms of your career path and that some industries have a single path. You have to do sometimes even a degree at a specific school or one of three schools. And then you have certain steps along the way to get into your role. Um, there's, it, it doesn't sound like the legal industry has branched out as much as other industries like technology, where now you can get a technology or coding degree within a couple of months. So I'm, I'm wondering what you're looking at now in your role in, in a people ops kind of a position, how are you envisioning bringing in diversity and being able to be inclusive in an industry where the path is pretty set? Mm. You know, I, I think that it really comes down to who you're wanting to be as a company, as a firm. Who do we want to be as a firm? And, you know, follow the, the traditional route. You're going to get traditional results, which ultimately is not the kind of impact that we want to have. So as a, as a firm, um, to, in, to bring in, uh, first of all, we're looking for the right people that have a growth mindset. A, an inclusive mindset, um, a I'm not finished mindset, a developmental mindset, life learners, that kind of thing. Um, and if we can at least do our best to attract that because of who we are, um, then we're going to be able to build on that. So the, the impetus to be able to have a firm that really is a place where people love to work. Now, it's not a vacation in Tahiti, but it's still work. But where people can come to, to, to work and feel like I belong here, I'm making a difference, and I'm becoming more of who I want to be. That's, that's, that's hard to walk away from, or at least, you know, you're going to have pause if, if you need to move on to a different uh, firm or different career. So that's what we're trying to build. And, you know, I can't speak to the fact that, you know, this... Um, circuitous route. You know, I, I spent time in the mortgage industry. I spent time in retail. I spent time in healthcare and, and now in the legal industry. And mine was not a step-by-step-by-step -by -step -by -step progression. It's being able to 
you know, that life experience. And if you're a life learner and you're, um, you're making the most of every opportunity to learn, whether it's a situation, a boss that might be tough, uh, a culture that is challenging. If you're able to take those things and, and collaborate with those life experiences, you may not take the step-by-step natural route, but you will grow and, you know, value always gets recognized. Value always gets paid, um, but it also always gets opportunity to impact. And so I think that that's what one of the things we're trying to build in our firm is that kind of mindset. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I totally agree. It starts with the environment, right? Like you have to build a place where people can see themselves being happy and successful before you can start recruiting and hiring those types of people. Um, And I think you you also sort of answered my question. So back to the pathways question that Nicole brought up, right? Like it it seems like there's a single pathway for for the legal roles, let's say. Right, right. Um, And and so, you know, I think we saw that in technology too, right? Like they're just, we did, there wasn't a lot of diversity coming through technology programs to come in and to get a technology job in, in most organizations. And so, so, but what, what you said is kind of interesting, like there are other roles within the firm. So you can start to bring in diversity through those roles by honoring those different types of pathways while um, and now we're seeing a lot of, um, for example, boot camp technology boot camps that are supporting people from underrepresented groups to bring them into technology jobs. Are there similar efforts for from the legal profession? You know, to to where we're trying to, we want more and more, you know, legal representatives, lawyers from different backgrounds. So while we're diversifying the company in a sense with those roles, where we can. Are there efforts to diversify, you know, the, the population of lawyers so that then we can sort of take on that role? Yeah, you know, one, I certainly hope so yeah. <laughs> from a broad perspective. Um, I think ultimately that comes down to, you know, who's driving in each particular firm. Um, you're going to that's where the opportunity arises. I will say this, you know, our firm, it, it's from, from Denver, it's not a super uh, diverse uh, geographic, maybe becoming more diverse. Um, but if you look at, you know, diversity statistics in, in Denver and in Colorado, it's not the most diverse place. No. And so uh, most of our employees have come from that, although we have other states, we do have some virtual, but most are coming from that population. But there is an absolute drive, I know, for our firm because we all understand the value. First of all, the, there's the human value of diversity. If, if, if we care about people and we care about our world, we're going to try and do the right thing. Of course, from a financial perspective and a collaboration innovation, it makes sense there too. Um, but in reality, that doesn't change overnight. No. That and so for us, it it's first started with the conversations that especially begun to happen in 2020. Having the conversations, we had these events called Untold Stories that were, were opportunities for people to, you know, in a stodgy old law firm, to to share their story about 
you know, discrimination or what it was like to grow up, grow up black in Denver or whatever. And so we had these kind of conversations. So that was the beginning step that we begin to have some awareness. So that's where it's begun. And we're making some efforts from a sourcing standpoint, a recruiting standpoint, so that we can diversify, especially in our leadership, because that's where mm-hmm. we need to see greater diversity for us in particular is from a leadership perspective. Yeah, that's incredible. This, that's the story. I love that untold stories. I think hearing from each other is so powerful. That's where we learn, right? That's why my selfishly, I do this podcast and another one that we do because I've learned so much from the hundred plus people I've talked to that mm. I wouldn't learn in a book necessarily. Right. right. Um, and I think one of the things what's, what's interesting is because we, we've talked to a lot of people in, in the media industry and, and sort of the, you know, when you think about media, like the impact of that is twofold because you're not only, you know, working, you don't only, you not only have employees, but you're also impacting the community around you and how you're reporting. And legal is almost, I don't know, I don't know if you, you all feel that, that weight, but, you know, when, you, when we think of the justice system and all the conversations that are going on around systemic inequalities and all these things that are built into the foundation of this country from a legal perspective, um, th- there's kind of a, a, a weight there that I hadn't thought about before, too, because you're, you're representing you know, all these different kinds, or at least the legal industry, right, is representing all kinds of different people, but yet maybe they only look like one certain kind of person, you know what I mean? It's a whole, it gives a whole new meaning to representation matters. Yeah. Mm. You're right, you're right, and there, there is the, a persona there and, an, and a, you know, a perception, and so you're right, there isn't perhaps an extra level of do we recognize the opportunity we have for impact uh, by who we're becoming as a firm and, and the vendors that we communicate with our clients and so on. So there is a great opportunity there. And I I would agree that there is perhaps some extra weight there because our, our industry is, is very front and center right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a shift going on in the world where now 26% of American adults are fully vaccinated, 40% are part or half vaccinated. And um, this is really changing the way people are seeing their summer. This is the way like weddings that were postponed are now happening and people are on planes again, traveling again. And uh, you live in a different place than most of the other part of your office, but you know the, the world might be different now. And so I'm wondering now with the world opening back up again, what do you see in terms of changes in your industry, in your office uh, for the way things are going to be maybe back to the office or not? How will this go? A great question. And it's certainly a work in progress and a, a lesson in progress uh, from the time COVID hit to where we are now. And, you know, we've been, we went primarily remote right off the bat, but there were certain pieces of our, of our firm that couldn't be remote for various reasons. Um, but primarily we were remote and we recently have begun that you know, moving back into the office from at least a one day a week perspective, a, a, a couple days a week. Um, and now 
those that have been 100% remote for almost a year, there was a couple teams that had literally not set foot in the office for a year that are now coming back one day a week as a team, but we're having to, I think the, the, the difference is, is the expectation though we as a firm were really talking about our before culture uh, COVID hit, we were talking about our culture and what we're building. This is going to be a best place to work and all that that entails. And now as we've gone through COVID, there's a high expectation that we follow through with this best place to work from a safety perspective Mm -hmm. and um, from a, you know, recognizing that we don't have to do things the way we used to. So even for the fact that we were bringing some of our employees back in, the honest question was, why Mm. do we need to? Is this the right thing to do? And, you know, there's two sides of that um, opportunity when you bring someone in or staying home. The, The blessings and curses of working remote and the blessings and curses of being together in an office. So we're navigating that, but I think the expectation is even higher um, import on health and safety um, and on the ability to just be flexible and do what works. If we can still be collaborative, if we can still be effective and efficient working from home and yet still build a culture that we're proud of, then let's be open to all sides. So what we've found is lots and lots and lots of questions and listening, whether it's surveys or just face-to-face or Zoom meetings or state of the company meetings once a quarter, having live Q&A, any questions valid, put the CEO on the spot kind of things. That's what we're finding is helping us to navigate that. Yeah, it, isn't that funny? Like it, it's, um, I mean, there's now, there's now sort of a forced intentionality to it all. And, and I love, you know, in an industry that asks a lot of questions, you know, but we weren't asking the questions as it related to why do we need this meeting? Why do we need these, all these people in this room at this time? You know, mm-hmm. those, those things that we sort of just took for granted or were just expected, we're really now curious, do we really need that? You know, and I, and I think it's, it's, it's really just a great, in my mind, just a great outcome of this whole thing. It's kind of forced us to step back and really say, you know, do we need all of this? Agreed. You know? And I think even as, as we, I know, characterized a little bit from the legal industry that it is a slower to change, slower to move industry as a whole. And yet this absolutely caused us to have to question the things that we thought were absolutes. I mean, for goodness sake, who'd have thought that even my role could be remote? It, yeah. That's just not something from even an HR perspective. HR normally is not remote. Um, now, we not everyone's remote in my department. But so even those questions, we, we have to be able to ask those questions and rethink. And it's making us more effective and efficient. And I believe a, a greater place to work, even as we're going through you know, the impact of COVID and revenue hits. Yeah. Well, what, uh, one, one final question, what for you, like in the legal industry, what do you see as the future of work for the legal industry? Hmm. You know, um, I think that there is going to be a hybrid uh, for, for that, in that regard. Yeah. That 
that we'll never be all back in this in the office. That just doesn't make sense. And it's allowed us to be a lot more streamlined and allowed us to be really more effective. So I don't I don't ever see it going back to that norm. Although you know, you can read various experts and will tell you both sides of the coin that, oh, it's going to be 100% remote or, oh, it's, everybody's coming back to the office. Uh, that's a great question of what it's going to be like. But, but I do believe uh, it, it's not going to be the same and we will be a, a hybrid environment yeah. and realize that we can be effective that way. Yeah, awesome. Well, Dan, it's been uh, a total pleasure, man. Thank you for some insights into, yeah, you know, it, it, an industry that's frankly, you know, been there forever, but it's, it's like people don't, you know, they think one thing right about it and they, they don't get insight into, you know, the efforts that are being made and, and COVID sort of gave everybody this opportunity, you know, those traditional industries to sort of catch up a little bit, yep. a little bit more. Right. right. And so it's exciting. I'm excited to kind of see where it goes. I think there's a lot of questions around representation to Nicole's point and how everything that's happened, everything else that's happening it, it, you know, shifts that too for the future of the legal industry. So yeah, we're excited to keep watch, but yeah, thank you again. This was a great conversation. Absolutely. Glad to be able to take the time. Great to, to have this conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you, Nicole, as always. Of course. Thanks and for thank having you. me. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you all for, for continuing to tune in. Um, we'll be back uh, next week, next, next week with another guest. So thank you very much. Talk to you soon.